How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Race fans, once again, there we go. It works when the volume's up. Good morning, 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. Mike, That you know what? I'm going to own up to that. That was my fault, Mike. Uh, I had the wrong mic. I didn't realize I didn't have the regular microphone in front of me. I usually We have two microphones that are positioned right in front of me here in the studio, and I usually choose the certain one, and that's the one you had up on the board, but it is broken here in front of us and i didn't realize that the other mic was positioned front of me so i'm like that is all my fault that is on me that i didn't tell you i was using a different mic because i didn't realize i got the deer in the headlights look because as soon as like the show started i saw you talking i'm like is that mike one yeah Where's mike one oh my god <laughs> so uh all right so, so so uh so that that's that's on the host well the host will take blame for not realizing he was using a different than normal mic mike jafar air producer was Prepared for my, our usual setup here on a Sunday morning, and, and uh, you know, just I, I come in and ruin it for him. So, so that one's on me. Well, can we get a mulligan here to start the show over? Should we replay the show? Hoping? No, just kidding. Uh, good morning, race fans. Eleven oh three here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. Happy seven one six day. It's, it's not really much of a holiday. It's become more of a marketing thing than anything, but it's still, I guess, it's still kind of cool. Uh, that the, this one day of the year, the date matches our area code here in, in the Buffalo area. But regardless, it's going to be a gorgeous day. So get out and enjoy it. Or uh, if you're going to watch the NASCAR race today, enjoy that as well, too. You can also hear it right here on WGR as NASCAR in New England once again at the uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway in Loudon, New Hampshire for today's Overton's 301. And we'll have live coverage here on WGR Sports Radio 550 coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Courtesy of our friends at the Performance Racing Network. Back-to-back weeks for the PRN crew. They did the uh, race in Kentucky last week. And uh, we'll be uh, back on it today for the race at New Hampshire as uh, Martin Truex will lead the field to green today. Uh, of course, as I said, 716 day. It, it was really 716 week for NASCAR. Well, sort of. We actually got visits from two NASCAR drivers this week. Uh, both Daniel Suarez and Kevin Harvick made their way through Buffalo. Uh, Daniel was here on Wednesday uh, for a, a PR visit connected to the folks at Watkins Glen International. Uh, had, had a press conference with Mayor Byron Brown inside City Hall, and then they went on a tour of some uh, Hispanic uh, community centers over uh, on the west side, and uh, it was part of the initiative that uh, Watkins Glen International is partnering, partnering with the city of Buffalo for the Puerto Rican and Hispanic Heritage uh, Festival and Parade later this year, and uh, they're going to have a presence there, so that was real neat. Uh, had a chance to talk to Daniel on Wednesday, then Thursday was down at the Seneca Creek Casino, and Kevin Harvick rolled into town. 
Uh, almost didn't make it thanks to the rain, though. Unfortunately, Kevin, uh, they had to, they were going to fly into Buffalo, of course, but with all the the monsoons we had there Thursday morning, uh, they dumped what over two inches of rain on us. They actually had to fly into Rochester, and then uh, Harvick and uh, the folks he was with drove from Rochester to Buffalo. Uh, actually, they went to New Era first. They went to the New Era uh, headquarters there in Delaware Avenue. Uh, Kevin toured the facility, signed some autographs there. Kevin uh, is a partner with the folks in New Era, not only for him personally with NASCAR. Uh, for their hats and stuff, but also uh, Kevin Harvick Incorporated, which used to be his truck team, of course, now is like a sports management business, and some of the athletes and professionals that they represent, uh, they also do some ties, tie-ins with uh, New Era as well, so Kevin has a great relationship with the folks in New Era, so he was down there first over in Delaware, and then the original plan was for him to drive his race car from New Era to the casino, but unfortunately, with the rain and the condition the roads were in... We're in and everything, and just uh, some, obviously some of the city's resources were were uh, that may have been used to to help put on this. You know, they were obviously taking care of submerging issues because of the rain. Um, that that plan got scrapped, unfortunately, and, and instead they just Kevin just took a, a regular car over to the casino. But he did the casino. Uh, they had a VIP meet and greet there with some folks from uh, the the casino, uh, uh, the local uh, Anheuser Busch distributor uh, with Bush Beer, of course, a sponsorship. There were some folks there, and he uh, and uh, I had a chance to catch up with him at the casino as well too. So you're going to hear from Daniel Suarez and Kevin Harvick here in just a, a couple of minutes. Both of these interviews are recorded earlier in the week, but it's pretty cool. I mean, every July, the the, the folks at Watkins Glen, uh, you know, Michael Printup, who we have on the show all the time, uh, Andrew Andrew Smith, their uh, marketing director, Chris Bank, uh, Chris Banker, their PR director. Uh, they know they, they obviously they're very well aware with their proximity to Buffalo, the biggest media market closest to them. They treat us very well here in Western New York, and whenever they can bring a driver to Buffalo, you know they they do it. And it seems like every July we get a NASCAR driver on a media tour. Last year it was Rusty Wallace, you know, going through Niagara Square. The year before they had Brad Keselowski over at the casino. We uh, Casey Kane at the go kart track in the Galleria. I think Kurt Busch they did one year. So every year they bring us a NASCAR driver. But this year, you know, we got two in one week, so that was real cool. It, it, it gave me, us gives us in the uh, in the media an opportunity to catch up with these guys in a little more relaxed setting than versus the racetrack. And uh, it seems like these guys are more willing to uh, open up and have a conversation versus, say, the regular NASCAR media core that they, they deal with on a weekly basis at the racetrack. So uh, it's, it's always fun to catch up with these guys, and we uh, really appreciate the folks from Watkins Glen uh, taking care of us here in Western New York this week. Uh, with uh, Daniel Suarez and Kevin Harvick. So you'll hear from them and hear in just a couple of moments. Also coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars return to Western New York for the first time in 20 years as uh, they'll be at the Ransomville Speedway one week from today, the Big R Outlaw Shootout. Uh, the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, the major sprint car series in the country. They travel all across North America uh, from about February to November. And uh, they will make their first visit to Western New York since 1997 at the Ransomville Speedway. And uh, David Gravel, who is a 10-time winner this year on the World of Outlaws circuit, one of the top drivers, he'll join us uh, at the bottom of the hour. As uh, It'll be interesting next Sunday because uh, pretty much every driver that's going to be there, at least the World of Outlaw regulars, uh, will have never raced on uh, never raced at the at Ransomville. Uh, they'll get some local sprint car teams that you know obviously have a little more experience, but uh, for four ten sprint cars, uh, they don't get a lot of a lot of chances to run at Ransomville. So we'll talk to David Gravel at the bottom of the hour. Phone lines are open, of course, too, at 803 
888-552-2550. You can tweet us at FastTrack550 and also Facebook.com slash WGR FastTrack. As I said for today's race, Martin Truex on the pole, although the car with the fastest time in qualifying was actually Kyle Larson. But Kyle Larson was disqualified in post-qualifying inspection when the uh, the fin on the rear deck lid, that clear p- piece of plastic that runs vertical down the rear windshield of the car and onto the deck lid that helps control the air, all, every car has it, uh, his was found to be too low. The the uh, second piece that on the deck lid, not the long piece on the windshield, but the, the piece that goes in the deck lid was not as high as it should be. And his time was thrown out. And this is now another penalty for Kyle Larson and the 42 team. And uh, with their such great performance this year, um, and, and if you're a regular listener of the show, you know me in, in, in rules. I'm very black and white when it comes to the rules. But the, this has now been a, a, a some systematic uh, rules infractions here by the 42 team. Three times now, um, you know, Larson has had trouble in pre-qualifying inspection where he's not even been able to take a lap, including last week in Kentucky, didn't even qualify, started last one at finishing second. And then uh, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of this week, we found out that Kyle Larson received a penalty in post-race inspection coming out of Kentucky after he went from last to second. Uh, They took the car back to the R&D Center down in Charlotte. That's uh, NASCAR's technical headquarters. They inspect the cars a little bit closer than they would uh, at the racetrack, and they found a a rear brake cooling assembly was uh, legal, and apparently the rear brake cooling uh, system um, where it's supposed to be on the car was kind of protruding into another area of the car where it's not supposed to be, and then apparently can affect the air that flows under the car and give the car more downforce, which is what all these teams are always searching after. And... That that gave the Larson and the 42 team, he lost 35 points, which took him out of the points lead, gave the points lead to Kyle uh, Martin Truex, and his crew chief, Chad Johnston, now has been suspended for three races. So now you've got three pre-qualifying penalties where he doesn't even take a lap. You've got this big penalty coming out of Kentucky last week, and now he's illegal in post-qualifying inspection this week in New Hampshire. So that, you know, I, 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 I'm glad Kyle Larson's been doing so well. And uh, it's great for the sport that a, a young talent like him is succeeding and becoming one of the top drivers. But if uh, they've just gotten this way by cheating better than everybody else, uh, it's, it kind of leaves a little bit of bad taste in my mouth. I know the little more more some people are more uh, more gray area when it comes to the rules, but I'm very black and white when it comes to the rules, and I don't like it when I see a team like this that's doing so well also rack up a lot of penalties. Uh, Kyle is kind of playing innocent about the whole thing, saying that you know that. He doesn't know much about the cars; just drives it, and that uh, the, that the uh, you know the, the that's on the team, and the, they'll overcome this and continue on. But uh, you have to wonder if this team now starts to fall off. Maybe they tighten things up a little bit. They get more within the boundaries on some of these other areas. Maybe that they're playing around with on the car. If he starts to struggle here later on in the season, you know, unfortunately, you'll have to put one and one together and, and see maybe that their performance wasn't so much the driver versus maybe they just had an advantage over the other teams. I mean, like we've said in the past, we, we've seen that out of Logano in the 22 ever since his penalty earlier this year. They've been off of their game. Some of that's been crashes, of course, but is it because they had something, uh, a technical advantage on the teams, and after they got found out, it took away that advantage, and now they've kind of come back to earth. Will that happen with the 42 car? Uh, it remains to be seen.
Uh, but right now, let's uh, let's go back to Wednesday and uh, caught up with Daniel Suarez. This was inside, uh, just outside the mayor's office in City Hall, actually. Uh, he came into town. They did a press conference with Mayor Byron Brown. And actually, the mayor uh, brought up that Daniel, of course, and we've talked about it on the show here in the past, Daniel actually came to Buffalo when he first came to America, started driving in America for NASCAR in the K&E series. He hooked up with Troy Williams, who we talked to on the program earlier this year. Uh, stayed with Troy back in 2011, and the uh, the funny story about he came here in the middle of January and and never you know growing up in Mexico obviously didn't spend a, see snow and be in a lot of cold weather growing up in Me- Monterey Mexico, so it was kind of a little bit uh, of culture shock for him. So uh, the, the mayor brought that up in his remarks, and then and Daniel talked about it more at the press conference. So start off kind of joking with Daniel here about returning to Buffalo, but this time in the middle of July versus January. So here's Daniel Suarez uh, from. Wednesday at inside City Hall here on Fast Track. Um, Daniel, welcome back to Buffalo. It's uh, a little bit nicer than when you hear back in January with Troy Williams. <laughs> yeah, much nicer. Uh, it was, uh, you know, actually I, I don't mind the, the cold weather, but that, that time it was, uh, it was a little bit shocked because you know I didn't have a lot, of, a lot of experience in the past. But overall, it was a good, very good experience. Uh, I enjoy a lot, and uh, and I learned a lot. That's, that in the, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Excited to be back and excited to be promoting the the Washington race. Uh, you know that's a race that, that I really enjoy a lot. I grew up racing in road course race tracks and and this obviously this is a road course and, and I'm looking forward to, to come back. I was talking to Troy on my show a couple months ago and he still has your winter boots. I said we should send those to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. <laughs> maybe maybe he will have to. Uh, you know uh, the, the winter here is is, is is pretty it's pretty big sometimes and, and it was pretty big when I when I was here so. Uh, you know, as I said, he's a very good guy. He he helped me a lot uh, when I was starting into the sport, and I'm excited to be here. Talk about your season. I know you were thrown into this ride after Carl retired. Um, are you starting to feel comfortable driving the Cup car here about halfway through the season? Yeah, I'm more comfortable. Definitely, we are working to try to find more speed and and try to be better as a team. Uh, I feel that we still have long ways to go, but. You know, it's, it's like everything. You, you have to keep working and keep digging to try to get better. Are you looking ahead at uh, trying to make the playoffs? I know it's very tight with all these guys winning, all these first-time winners. Uh, do you do you feel that you can maybe make it in on points, or maybe you guys shooting for a, a win here before the end of the regular season to try and qualify for the playoffs in your rookie year? I think we'll have to get a win. Uh, I don't think. I don't think. A lot of drivers are going to be able to make it on, on points, mm. if any, actually. Uh, but I think we will have to, to get a win to, to be able to make it in. But we see. I mean, we see how, how everything works out. There's still, still uh, two months left into the season to, to get to the playoffs, and hopefully we can make it happen. What do you think about New Hampshire this weekend? I'm assuming you've probably raced there before in the Xfinity Series. Uh, what do you think about that track? It's a pretty good track. Uh, I raced there a lot in the in the Canyon stuff before, and uh, and I feel like it can be a, a pretty good place for for us in the in the cup in the cup series. So hopefully we can be smart and and, uh, and start start working our way to the front. And of course, this week we found out that you're gonna have a new teammate in the Cup Series next year, and Eric Jones. Uh, what's your relationship like with Eric? How much do you guys work together on the weekends? Well, we we don't work a lot during the week, but we work quite a bit in the weekends and. Uh, I'm excited to to have him back. I don't think I don't think he ever left. So for me, <laughs> right. for me it's not like having him back. I, I feel like we've been a teammate 
he's been a teammate since uh, since three years ago. So yeah. I don't think it's going to change a lot. Actually, one other thing I wanted to ask you: yesterday, New Era, uh, they tweeted out a hat, and it was your name and the the map of Mexico and the Mexican colors. I know you retweeted it as well. What do you what do you think about that with uh, showing the Mexican pride like that on your merchandise? Is that something that makes you very proud to see? Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool to see that uh, that. You know, they, they, they are trying to to reach uh, uh, a lot of people from Mexico, which which obviously is a it's an exciting thing for me. Uh, very excited to have the support uh, from New Era to do these kind of things. Daniel, thanks for the time. Good luck this weekend in New Hampshire. Thank you, I appreciate it. They did it again, Mike. I hit the wrong button. Daniel Suarez from Wednesday here in in inside City Hall is again. Uh, he was here on a visit. Uh, with the uh, the folks from Walking Gun International, uh, the mayor declared Wednesday that day uh, Daniel Suarez Day here in uh, Buffalo, New York, and uh, also uh, the mayor was uh, had a little joke since uh, Daniel um, d- had come to Buffalo when he first came to America that that we would be able to claim him as one of our own uh, if he uh, for when he wins uh, wins another uh, championship in NASCAR. Of course, the uh, the reigning Xfinity Series champion. As we talked about, though, he's likely going to need to win a race to, to qualify for the playoffs here in his rookie year. Uh, despite all of the uh, the first time winners, uh, he would have to be he would he still needs to get a win probably to make the playoffs. He comes into today at New Hampshire, 105 points uh, behind Matt Kenseth, who is currently that would be the last driver uh, in the playoffs on points. Kenseth with 478, Suarez with 373. So. Uh, logistically, obviously, that is uh, more than two races worth of points he would need to make up. So either he would have to go on on one heck of a hot streak and everybody in front of him falters, or uh, you know, basically he'll have to win here uh, sometime in these uh, last uh, what are we? Was this race nineteen, race twenty? Where you know, next uh, seven eight races here, uh, Suarez will uh, likely have to win, um, you know, to get himself into uh, the playoff contention here in his rookie year. But obviously, you know, you can. Compare him versus some of the other rookies like Eric Jones, who uh, we found out is going to drive the 20 car next year in place of Matt Kenseth with Joe Gibbs Racing. But, you know, Eric knew a lot sooner that he was uh, going to be driving that cup car uh, for for uh, Furniture Row Racing versus Suarez finding out, you know, in December, January, when Carl Edwards decided re- to, re- to retire. And, uh, you know, he and the team kind of had to scramble to get cars ready for especially the early season races, you know, like Daytona and the West Coast swing early on. They had to do a lot of scrambling to prepare the cars for Daniel versus Carl. And, uh, you know, and of course, he's had to get more accustomed to driving the cup cars. And, uh, you know, he's been up and down season. He's got four top 10 finishes, including a best run, a sixth at Dover. But the last three weeks, uh, 16th at Sonoma, 17th at Daytona, 18th at Kentucky. So still uh, kind of meddling mid-pack, but uh, you know, with obviously uh, with, with the Gibbs team, you know, they have the the chance to uh, you know jump up here any week and steal a win because of the quality equipment that he is in. So that was Wednesday. Thursday came along, and Kevin Harvick came to town. As I said, uh, they flew into Rochester because of the weather, drove in, went to New Era, and then went to the casino. And I had a chance to catch up with the driver of the number four car on Thursday. Here's Kevin Harvick on WGR's Fast Track. Welcome to Buffalo. How was first off? How was your tour at New Era? I know you, yourself, and KHI Properties. You guys are, have a lot of connection with the folks at New Era. Well, first off, um, you know it's my first trip to Buffalo, so to, to have my first stop be New, New Era, it, I guess it's fitting, <clears throat> just because they've been great partners of ours over the last few years. Uh, so to get to see their facility and, and meet a bunch of fans this morning uh, in their in their store downstairs was was something that um, you know was, was an enjoyable experience. So um, it's been a great great 
great stop so far, and we got to arrive in the pouring down rain, and, and now it's turning into a, to an all right day. Uh, just talk about the first half of the season. Obviously, I know you mentioned here with the fans, the switch to Ford. Uh, how much have you learned through the first half of the season so far? Well, it's it's obviously it's been a huge learning curve, and you know I think everybody, um, you know from top to bottom is is learning about what they do with the car uh, every day, and, and I think as as that evolves for us, you know you, you look into the future, and, and it's just you know you, you look at it and, and you, you see the performance getting better and better and better just because we, we learn so much uh, on on a weekly basis. But it's been uh, it's been a lot of work, but you know everybody at, at SHR and, and Ford has, has done a great job and working together to try to make the transition as fast and smooth as possible uh, but uh, you know we all knew there was going to be some some learning curve mm-hmm. in there and uh, so to to be as competitive as we have been and, and running up front and, and uh, been to victory lane and done all those things uh, and going to victory lane was important for us just to put us in a position to uh, not have to answer, answer the questions when are you going to win again <laughs> and when are you going to win on a Ford but also to kind of give everybody a breather because yeah. you know with your with your back against the wall like that it kind of makes everybody you know a little bit antsy to uh, to try to perform as well as you can but now it kind of gives us a chance to step back take a deep breath relax um, and really concentrate on on what we need to, do, to be doing for the playoffs you can't let the stages and things go in in the meantime but we're going to a lot of different racetracks right now so yeah. you have road courses and short tracks and super speedways and um, going back to Michigan on a two-mile racetrack so it's hard to establish um, you know building new things because you're working on so many different types of race cars for all these different types of racetracks. When you look at your performance, say, compared to maybe the 78 team, do you wish maybe you stockpiled a few more playoff points earlier in the year, seeing how much they've racked up? Um, you know, there's there's four cars that go into the into the championship sure. chase, and, and there's uh, 16 that start. So, yep. you know, there's there's a lot of options to, to get to Homestead. There's a lot of options to, uh, to win at Homestead. So, um, you know, for us... We we aren't in the we weren't in the our four teams weren't in the same position as, as a lot of the teams with the manufacturer switch. So um, you know there was a there was a plan and a strategy to uh, try to progress cars. You still have to go race, and you know I think everybody would have been a little naive to not know that there was going to be some some building blocks and hurdles along the way to have to. Uh, we all knew that we were going to have to deal with. So it's um, I don't even think those are comparable. But we've 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 done okay. What do you think about going to New Hampshire this weekend? They're going to put the VHT down, apparently. Does that make you a little more excited to go there and race on that, that tight mile track in New Hampshire? You know, I, I always thought the, the racing was, was pretty good in New Hampshire anyway. Okay. You know, so the, the short track um, racing has, has been, been good. Um, anytime that you can possibly open up lanes and, and have more competitive lanes, I think that, that would uh, make any racetrack better, not, not just New Hampshire. So New Hampshire's a, you know, a fun part of the, this whole northeastern part of the country for, for me is a fun part of the country to come to. Uh, one of the best times I ever had was in, in Oxford, Maine uh, at the Oxford 250. And ever since that point, we've, we've um, you know, kind of established a you know, kind of a different vibe to the following that we had in, in this part of the country. So it's, it's been fun to, uh, to come up here and compete. Last thing, just congratulations to you and Delena. I'm sure uh, things are very excited in the Harvick household now that you're going to become a family of four soon. Yeah, a lot, lots of new questions uh, <laughs> from, from a five-year-old. So, yeah, so we're, we're really excited and, and uh, looking forward to the new addition. Enjoy the rest of your stay here in Buffalo, and uh, thanks for the time, Kevin. No problem. Thank you. There's Kevin Harvick, driver of the number four Bush car for Stuart Haas Racing. And, again, first full season driving Fords over there at Stuart Haas. 
Kevin will start today in the 12th position alongside Chase Elliott in row number six and obviously feeling a lot more comfortable now that they do have that win under their belt at Sonoma a couple of weeks ago. Although he is fourth in points, he'd probably be high enough in points even without the win. Uh, obviously, no, they, they can uh, relax here a little bit for uh, the final uh, you know seven races here, uh, eight races in the regular season. Uh, maybe shock up another win, get some more playoff points now that they've maybe got some things straightened out. Um, Harvick does have a good record at New Hampshire, so maybe today he can get uh, win number two as uh, he looks to win a second championship. And interesting thoughts from Kevin, like uh, asking him about the playoff points, and he said there are you know four cars go to Homestead, so uh, even if you can almost pencil Martin Truex in as one of those those four cars already, just because of the playoff points, will have such an advantage each round in the standings. Uh, that you know, there's still three other cars. It's a good point by Kevin that uh, you know he'll still he's he's made it to the final four before, and he'll be uh, looking to do it uh, once again. As again, uh, he'll start 12th at New Hampshire uh, again. Coming up here at two o'clock, we'll have uh, pre-race coverage from the Performance Racing Network. Green flag just after three o'clock. They've had a little bit of weather there in New Hampshire, so it's looking like a, a lap 35. Uh, competition caution to evaluate tire wear and everything. Uh, so we will. Uh, so just want to keep you updated on that. Uh, coming up here in the next segment, we'll talk to David Gravel from the World of Outlaws as the Craftsman World of Outlaws Sprint Cars come to the ran- return to the Ransomville Speedway for the first time in 20 years, one week from today, and the Big R Outlaw Shootout. Also. Uh, in the final segment, of course, we do our local racing roundup, and we're also going to talk to uh, Joe Scott Nicky from the Race of Champions Modified Series. They've got a big doubleheader weekend coming up with uh, visits to the Spencer Speedway and a very popular event at the Holland Speedway on Saturday, one of the best races of the year, their 100-lap event at the Holland Speedway in Southern Erie County. So we'll talk to Joe, uh, who's the director of the series, uh, to wrap up today's program as well, too. Just got that lined up uh, here since we've gotten on the air, but wanted to mention that. And uh, we get back again. David Gravel will join us next here on Fast Track on WGR. We have some breaking news to report as Roger Federer defeated Marin Silic for his second Grand Slam title of the year and 19th of his career. It is Federer's record-breaking eighth career title in Wimbledon. Yesterday in women's tennis... Garbine Muguruza claimed her second career Grand Slam title after defeating Venus Williams two sets to none. Now to hockey, where the Buffalo Sabres announced the return of the Prospects Challenge at the Harbor Center. Prospects of the Blue and Gold will compete against other future NHLers from the Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the New Jersey Devils. The round-robin tournament begins on September 8th. You can see the full schedule at WGR550.com. One of the stars that we could see is the first overall pick of the 2017 draft, Nico Hishier. The New Jersey Devils signed him to his three-year entry-level contract yesterday. The Vegas Golden Knights also signed their three first-round picks in centers Cody Glass and Nick Suzuki, as well as defenseman Eric Brandstrom. And Tampa Bay locked up winger Andre Pallott on a five-year deal worth $5.3 million per season. And finally, the NASCAR Cup Series continues today in New Hampshire. Martin Truex Jr. has the poll for today's Overton 301. We'll have all the action for you right here on WGR with pre-race coverage beginning this afternoon at 2. The WGR Celebrity Golf Tournament is this Thursday, July 20th at Seneca Hickory Stick Golf Course in Lewiston. Go to WGR550.com now and bid for your chance to play with celebrities like Justin Bailey, Cody McCormick, Andrew Peters, Renee Robert, plus Harry Neal, and many more, including your WGR personalities. Your day includes breakfast, lunch on the course, party tents, and dinner with cocktails, awards, and more. Be part of this action at the WGR Celebrity Golf Tournament Thursday, July 20th at Seneca Hickory Stick Golf Course in Lewiston. Presented by Kaz Home Improvements, award-winning installers of GAF Roofing and brought to you in part by Designated Drivers of Buffalo because sometimes your call needs a ride home too. I'm Mike Jafari for WGR. 
Hi, this is Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 78 Furniture Row Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. He is your pole sitter today at New Hampshire, Martin Truex Jr., as he looks to uh, continue his points lead here in the NASCAR Cup Series. Again, we'll have the race here on WGR. Uh, Big news uh, locally here for race fans. Uh, last weekend at the uh, Route 66 Nationals for the NHRA, uh, Dan Fletcher, who we've had on the show here in the past, uh, past excuse me, uh, out of Churchville, New York, near Rochester, picked up his 100th career national event win last weekend. He did it in Super Street and uh, got the victory after his opponent red-lighted, but that gives him 100 national event wins. He's just the third driver ever to do that in NHRA. His first one came back all the way in 1984, and he's won in uh, he's beaten 90 different drivers out of those 100 wins. That's pretty amazing. So uh, congrats to Dan. Uh, we've been following uh, ever since he got his 99th win at the end of last year. been waiting all this year to see if he'd get number 100, and he finally did it at Chicago last week. Uh, the, we got the video of the final round on our fa- uh, Facebook page, too, uh, WGR's Fast Track Facebook page. Uh, also, uh, you might be headed up to Toronto today, of course, for the Honda Indy Toronto, uh, the IndyCar race on the streets of Toronto there at, at Exhibition Place. Simon Pagino, defending series champion, gets his first pole position of the year. He and Graham Rahal, who we've had on the show here earlier this year, will lead the field to green today. Uh, Elio Castroneves, Will Power, Scott Dixon, James Hinchcliffe. Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, Max Chilton, and Takuma Sato, your top 10 starters today uh, in Toronto. And Formula One uh, racing earlier today. They were at Silverstone for the British Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton got the win. And Sebastian Vettel finished seventh. So that means Hamilton took a big chunk out of Vettel's points lead. Now one point separates Vettel and Hamilton uh, going into uh, their next race in a couple of weeks at Hungary. Uh, Valtteri Bodas is now just uh, 23 back of Vettel, uh, Hamilton's teammate. So uh, things really getting interesting over in Formula One. Let's go to the AT&T hotline, though, and bring in from the Craftsman World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. He's currently third in points. He's got 10 A-May wins this year. Driver of the CJP, uh, CJB Motorsports, Big Game Tree Stands number 5. David Gravel joins us on the line. David, it's uh, Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Uh, great to talk to you here this morning. Thanks for having me. It sounds like you guys have had a lot of good people on here. Yeah, uh, actually, and we've had guys that win on the show. We talked to Graham Rahal, and then he went and won two races at Detroit. We had Andy Lally on. He won at Watkins Glen. And we had a, a local modified driver on, and he went out and won his next race. So this might be good luck for you going to Ransomville next Sunday. Uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Uh, with our schedule, we we raced three times before Ransomville, so hopefully we get a couple more. Well, hopefully you get a win number 11. Uh, it's been a pretty great year for you so far. Uh, like I said, uh, 10 wins, and you've already that's already a career year for you with uh, 10 A-Main wins already here in 2017. Yeah, it's been a great year. Uh, we won nine last year, but to have 10 at this point of the season, uh, it's been great going into you know our, our biggest, month of the year racing wise and hopefully you get some more well of course you'll be coming to ransomville this sunday for the big r outlaw shootout and uh virtually a new track it's been 20 years since the series run on it so pretty much all the uh the world of outlaw regulars will have probably never seen the track before david how do you approach going to a track you've never been to do you do a little scouting do you watch some video do you talk to drivers that have raced there or do you just kind of wait until you see it in person before you kind of figure out how you want to drive it um, I typically watch some YouTube videos, but sometimes, you know, uh, I just show up and kind of figure it out from there. I've never been to Ransomville, been to lots of tracks in New York, but uh, not Ransomville yet. So 
it'll be an even playing ground for all all us outlaw guys. And uh, typically, uh, I like having that challenge. And, you know, all these veteran guys simply have a one up on you for experience wise at tracks. But when it's an even playing ground, it's uh, always fun and interesting, and uh, always look forward to it. Uh, just talk about uh, the, the competition you face this year. Obviously, third in points, but uh, once again, you're, you're chasing that 15 car. Donnie Schatz, he picked up a big win last night, of course, at Eldora. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but just uh, how has been, the level of competition been with the World of Outlaws this year? Uh, the level of competition is very high. Uh, the top three teams in points with you know Tony Stewart's 15 car and Casey Kane's 49 car. It's super stout. Uh, those guys are in the top five every night. And, uh, you know, Shane Stewart with uh, Larson's team and, and uh, you know, Darren Pittman and Jason Johnson, you know, these guys are, are really good. Everybody has very strong teams. And, and night in, night out, it's a battle. And you could easily fall the top five uh, and top ten without even blinking. So, uh, you know, we have 54 cars at the Kings Royal this weekend. So, We've been getting strong car counts, uh, strong crowds at every race, and uh, it's, it's been a fun year. Yeah, you, and last night, like we said, the Kings Royal at Eldora Speedway, a $50,000 to win event, uh, one of the, the biggest on the World of Outlaws schedule. And you had a busy night last night. You won the last chance qualifier to uh, make the A-Main. And, uh, of course, uh, it, w- it went off pretty fast. I, I've, I heard green, green to checkered 40 laps with no cautions, and uh, you wound up 17th. But it, it, just making the A-Main for that event's a, a big honor for anybody. Uh, for sure, you know, obviously we want to do better. Uh, the format is way different than a normal World of Outlaw night. So uh, kind of put ourselves behind starting fifth in the heat race after qualifying sixth and uh, was able only to get up to fourth in the heat and just missed it a little bit there. But uh, it's a tough format. It's a tough field of cars. Uh, you know, everybody in that 24 starting spots are really good drivers and uh, you know, we we made it up a little bit higher than 17th and then kind of faded late and gained some stagger and some things that kind of hurt us on the long green flag run. So uh, we'll just move on to the next one, uh, to Lernerville, where, where we won last year. So hopefully we can repeat. Yeah, another big week coming up. Uh, you're going right into the heart of posse country this week with Lernerville and Williams Grove, some big events, especially uh, the, the Silver Cup coming up on Tuesday. Uh, what What's it like being an outlaw invader going in, into Pennsylvania up against those posse guys? Uh, well, it's been really good for me uh, this, this year. We won at Lincoln and Williams Grove earlier in the year, and you know, we won Lernerville last year. So I'm um, definitely excited to go back there. You know, love the challenge. And, uh, you know, it's not easy. There'll be a great field of cars at the Silver Cup and a great field of cars in Pennsylvania. So uh, it's 25000 to win on Tuesday and 20000 to win on Saturday. So a lot of money up for grabs. And uh, this is uh, the month that makes or breaks uh, a great season or just a fair, se- a fair season. So we'll see what we can do. World of Outlaws driver David Gravel joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. David, of course, a lot of talk all over the racing world about Kyle Larson this year and, of course, having a great year in NASCAR. But he's having a pretty darn good year wheel in a sprint car, too. He went out like a five, six race winning streak. I'm sure you've raced against him plenty, plenty of times. Uh, how much do you up your game when you know you, you see Kyle on the draw sheet there and he, he's in town to run with you guys? Uh, he's just a, a great driver all around. He loves sprint car racing. You know, uh, if if 
you know, if sprint car racing paid what NASCAR racing did, I can guarantee he'd probably be NASCAR racing. He just loves sprint cars so much. He's very, very passionate about it, and uh, he, he just has fun when he goes and races sprint cars, and you could tell that there's no pressure. He just drives the wheels on and He's a threat to win no matter where he goes, and, you know, he, he beat us at an outlaw show there at Eagle, and, you know, then went to PA Speed Week and, uh, you know, did some damage there. So he's a awesome racer, and I, I raced a lot with him. Uh, we kind of not grew up racing together because we lived on opposite sides of the country, but did a lot of sprint car racing uh, together, uh, you know, when he was going through the ranks. So uh, it's cool how far he's made it and, and how great he's doing at the highest level. And actually, you're going to be racing against him here pretty soon. Uh, he's going to be at Ashwikin, the race after Ransomville. He's going to be at the Ashwikin Speedway for their big Outlaws event. Uh, of course, uh, it's been a, a few years. Uh, the Outlaws have been running at Ashwikin for the last few years. What do you think about that racetrack? That's not far from here in Buffalo either, uh, just across the border in Canada. I like Ashwikin. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a you know nice track and facility that's kind of like in the middle of nowhere up there in Canada, but... We enjoy going. Glenn Styers uh, loves sprint car racing, and uh, happy we get to go up there and race that track. It's always pretty slick and pretty racy, so it's always uh, a great race. Well, David, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at Ransomville this Sunday night. Uh, I, I work there as a track announcer. Uh, the excitement level is pegged for this event ever since it was announced. People have uh, marked it down on their calendars. Tickets have been going really good online. A lot of race fans here in Western New York are real happy to see the World of Outlaws coming back to Western New York next weekend. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to go somewhere new. And like I said, our attendance has been very well. So hopefully it is in upstate New York where, uh, you know, there's a lot of sprint car races and sprint car tracks that we've gone to over the years. So cool to uh, put another one uh, that I've been to. And uh, i got to give a shout out to my buddy Ryan Priest who finished second at the Xfinity race uh, yesterday. <laughs> it's pretty cool. You- I grew up racing quarter midgets with him and glad he got in a good car. Uh, yeah, you Connecticut guys. Uh, I was going to ask you, I, I didn't want to keep you on too long here, but yeah, Ryan Priest from Connecticut ran the Xfinity race, as you said, finished second yesterday, modified guy. How does a guy from Watertown, Connecticut, that started running at, at Little Thompson Speedway, not go like Ryan's route running modifieds? How do you wind up uh, as a World of Outlaw driver coming out of Connecticut? Uh, after quarter midgets, I got a legend car in asphalt and uh micro sprint. We raced in Massachusetts at Whip City, and I just loved the micro, and we just kind of went that route. You know, I really don't regret anything. Uh, World of Outlaw Racing is the highest level of dirt racing that we have. Sure. You know, you, you can make a living doing uh, what I'm doing. So my goal in life is just uh, race for a living. As long as I could pay the bills and have a decent living driving a race car, I'm happy. Uh, obviously, Ryan's... Uh, you know, had some opportunities to race in some NASCAR stuff. So uh, that's all worked out great for him, too. So just happy uh, both of us could be successful and obviously Joey Logano. But, uh, you know, we all came from the same quarter measure track as, you know, five, six, seven-year-olds, and uh, it's really cool. So hopefully uh, we can all race together one day. Have you ever raced a pavement modified or even an SK modified? No, just it's so hard with our schedule and traveling. Uh, you know, it seems like a lot of the modified races are all weekend races mostly. Sure. And, you know, every weekend uh, from February to, uh, you know, now the first week of November, I'm racing. We yeah. legit don't have an off weekend. So it's just so hard to do anything else other than uh, what we do. And 
And when you do have a little bit off time, you maybe just want to do nothing and relax. <laughs> I don't blame you. It, it seems like a grueling grind looking at that schedule from uh, February to November, as you said. David, thank you so much for the time, especially taking a couple extra minutes there. Uh, looking forward to seeing you on Sunday again. Good luck this week and the, and the rest of the year with the Craftsman World of Outlaw Spring Cars. Thanks for the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. David Gravel, he'll be at Ransomville Speedway this Sunday night. Big R Outlaw Shootout. You can get tickets online. Uh, you can go to RansomvilleSpeedway.com or uh, WOOSprint.com. Click the link to buy tickets there because um, uh, pre-sale tickets are available, including some uh, reserve seating. Uh, there's a little bit left, I believe. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up this edition of Fast Track. We'll hit the local racing roundup, and we'll talk to Joe Scott Nicky from the Race of Champions as uh, they've got a big weekend coming up uh, here with uh, races coming up at the Spencer and Holland Speedways. We'll be back here with more on Fast Track on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan from my friends at Batavia Downs, and you need to discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination as they have over 800 of the hottest and in-demand video game machines. Lots of new titles as well. They're adding new games all the time there at Batavia Downs. And while you're there, not only you have the, they have the great video game machines, you can go grab a bite to eat in one of their restaurants, check out the live harness racing, which, of course, you can place wagers on, and now you can even spend the night as they've got the hotel uh, up and running there at Batavia Downs. Uh, my favorite part about Batavia Downs Gaming, of course, is heading over to 34 Rush Thurman Thomas' sports bar right inside Batavia Downs Gaming. Grab a bite to eat. They got great food, a delicious adult beverage. Watch some sports, whether it's you know baseball or racing or horse racing from around the country that you can place wagers on as well. You can do it all right from inside 34 Rush at Batavia Downs. And Batavia Downs Gaming is open every day. They open 8 a.m. until 4 a.m. And you can't miss them. They're right off the New York State Thruway exit 48. For more information, follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information and all their promotions. And discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard about him right here on Fast Track. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. Every segment I did it. <laughs> we'll start with uh, the Friday night action at the Big R Ransomville Speedway. And Alan Wills got his first career uh, modified victory uh, over cousin Kenny Wills. It was Brett Sennick picking up his second win of the year in the Sportsman. Brandon Sherwood got the win in the uh, Street Stocks. Cole Susie got the win in the Four Bangers. Chris Leone also got a Four Banger win. It was the race that was rained short in the previous Friday. And Cam Tuttle got his fourth win of the year in the uh, in the Novice Sportsman there at the Big R. Uh, they've got two shows this weekend. Again, Friday, their regular show, and then Sunday, the World of Outlaws event that we talked about with uh, David Gravel. Saturday Night Action, Genesee Speedway. Zach Carley got the win in the Crate Late Models. Ray Bliss, Zeke the Street, got the win in the Sportsman. John Zimmerman in the 360 Late Models. Adam DePew in the Street Stocks. Don Newton Jr. in the Mini Stocks. And Marcus Jackson got the win in the Bandits. Genesee Speedway is running this Thursday night. Don't forget, they're off next Saturday for the county fair they are running Thursday night full show including the grit sportsman series they start at seven o'clock uh, if you don't get a chance to go there on a Saturday uh, hopefully you check out Genesee Speedway this Thursday night Lancaster Speedway last night in the sportsman George Scorer the third got the win over Scott Wiley Rich Sharp getting his seventh win of the year in the street stocks Dave Russell won the race of champions late model race and in the four bangers uh, Dave Brunka got his first ever win there. Uh, State Line Speedway last night, Michael McGee getting the win in the uh, Outlaw E-Mods e last night. 
Dennis Lunger got another win in the crate late models, and Greg Oaks got the win in the super late models last night at State Line Speedway in Wyoming County International Speedway last night. Uh, shocker here, Dave Krosick winning in the super stocks, Jen Denny in the four cylinders, Brian Hallett in the six cylinders, and Tony Hanbury got the win in the SST modifieds over uh, Toad Bradshaw and the Rocket Man Ricky Knapp. Merrittville Speedway last night. Uh, it was Joey Moulton, or Jay Moulton, excuse me, in the mini stocks, Tyler Winger in the mod lights, Mark Shadwell in the vintage cars, Brad Rouse in the sportsman, and the modifieds had a 50 lapper, the Jerry Winger Memorial. Chad Brockman got the win over Eric Rudolph and Pete Bicknell. Humberstone Speedway in action tonight. They've got a full card of racing action there at 630 over in Port Colborne, Ontario. Coming up this weekend, big weekend, well, big, like I said, big week of racing. You've got uh, Wednesday night, you've got the, the Truck Series race at Eldora to check out on TV. Thursday night, Genesee Speedway. Uh, and then this weekend, a couple great events with the Race of Champions Modified Series. And joining me on the line right now is the director and promoter of the Race of Champions Modified Series, Joe Scott Nicky. Joe, good morning. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. No, no. No problem. First of all, though, real quick, before we get to this weekend, I know uh, you wanted to clarify an event that was supposed to take place tomorrow at the State Line Speedway that's been rescheduled recently. Yeah, we uh, we ran into a couple of uh, bumps in the road there and uh, moved the race to Thursday, September 7th, which uh, has received some positive response and just wanted to uh, let everyone know that, that uh, the race has just been uh, rescheduled and uh, it will happen as uh, as we intended it to. It just uh, wasn't going to take place on the on the date, just due to a little bit of miscommunication, and we got that all fixed. And looking forward to uh, Thursday, September seventh at State Line, which is actually a, a part of uh, their big weekend, big shootout weekend in the fall that closes the Speedway down. So uh, uh, it should be a fun time down there in, in Bustock. Yeah, and that is, of course, for the, the dirt portion of the Race of Champions Modified Series, not only for the dirt modifieds, but the Sportsman Series as well, too, that also runs uh, at, at Humberstone and Freedom and a couple other tracks in the area. And, and uh, it's gonna, it was going to be a good field of modifieds. I know uh, Matt Shepard showed some interest, Matt Williamson, Eric Rudolph. Uh, it was gonna be a, it's going to be a good field of modifieds for that event. Yeah, it should be uh, when we go back as well. Uh, Matt will be there, uh, Matt Shepard, Eric. I've talked to Eric Rudolph, so... You know, we'll have some stars and some up-and-coming drivers and, you know, some of the standard veterans of the region. And uh, I'm sure they'll put on a great show, as they always do, on that Thursday night. And, of course, coming up this weekend, it is a doubleheader weekend for the pavement portion of the Race of Champions Modified Series, Joe. And it starts Friday night at the Spencer Speedway, a 75-lapper. And uh, thanks to the, the Catalano family, there's some bonus bucks on the line for these guys this weekend. Yeah, the Catalanos have done an outstanding job. Uh, they've raised over, uh, well, nearly $5,000 in lap money for, uh, for Friday night's race. And it's a tribute to their, uh, uh, Dave's, uh, Dave Catalano's dad, Patsy, and, and their uncle Jojo and, um, guys that who, you know, started racing at Spencer long before we were around Dave. So, um, you know, they, uh, those guys have been gone 10 years and the Catalanos thought it'd be a great opportunity to, to, uh, have a race in their honor and they went out and, and did all the work and uh you know drivers in the top 15 are going to benefit from it so uh, we're looking forward to friday night and speaking of the catalanos uh, we've we've had some great first time winners on the series this year joe and one of those guys on the door you know banging looking to get in is tommy catalano and, and of course he just won there in a, a sportsman car this past friday uh he he could be, he's going to be one of the favorites going into that race yeah, you're going to have, you know, you, when you walk in the the door for that race on Friday night, you've got a couple guys that, 
that haven't won that might win at Spencer. And then obviously when we switch nights, uh, it, the door's wide open. So uh, it, we're in a unique situation with the with the asphalt series where we're we're blessed to have some guys that that haven't won and, and new winners this year. So uh, it's really been exciting racing. And you mentioned Saturday, the uh, Holland Hills 100, and that that's always a, a fun race. It's a it's a you know great track, great for side by side racing. We've seen some memorable moments, of course, over the years there at Holland with with the race of champions modifieds, and uh, that that's also a p- potential first time winner. Uh, you, you look at someone, a couple guys that have lots of experience there, and George Score and Scott Wiley, who ran one two last night at Lancaster. Uh, they'll they'll obviously be looking for for some home cooking on Saturday, and they would like to get their first win there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to Holland on Saturday night. Hundred laps. Um, anybody could win, but when you start the favorite list, the the favorites there. Even Tommy Catalano um, has run there weekly in the Sportsman this year and been a track champion. So you've got guys that who haven't won a a, a modified tour type race mm-hmm. who are actually going into the race as favorites. So. Uh, Looking forward to, to Saturday night at Holland and having a good field. And, you know, Matt Hirschman's coming up. Uh, Zane Ziner's expressed interest. So it's going to be a, a diverse field. And, um, you know, we actually rolled the ticket price back to $20, uh, trying to keep uh, affordability in mind. And we know that it's a big racing weekend in western New York, so we're hoping folks will come out and join us Saturday night. And I talked to uh, Chuck Hosfeld last night. Sounded like he also has uh, both dates this weekend on his calendar. Uh, last thing, Joe, uh, you announced this week the uh, the schedule for Race of Champions weekend. Uh, Presque Isle Downs and Casino Race of Champions weekend at the Lake Erie Speedway, September 29th and 30th. And that that is shaping up uh, to be a great weekend to kind of close out the uh, the pavement racing calendar uh, for one of the last races of the year in our area for modified sportsmen, uh, all the divisions. It's going to be a great weekend there at Lake Erie Speedway. Yeah, late, uh, you know, Dave, uh, we can we can go into much more detail later, but that that weekend is uh, uh, really coming together quite well. Uh, Prescott, Prescott Isle Downs and Casino came on board as the weekend sponsor a few weeks back uh, when we were racing at, at Lake Erie in June. Um, you know, we've added a band and a party for Thursday night, so race fans can come out and hang out with their their favorite racers. Uh, taken some of the, the sights and sounds of a you know one of the area's finest facilities i would i would say that it rivals watkins glen when you when you start talking about facilities um you know and then just the 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 track itself with the side-by-side racing and and all the different elements it's, it's going to bring together for uh for a great end of the year uh finale that we we can go into the winter being very proud of and have something to talk about uh in a positive manner all winter Joe, sounds good. Uh, looking forward to a busy weekend next weekend, and it starts uh, Friday at Spencer, moves on to Holland on Saturday. We uh, look forward to seeing you out there. Yeah, look forward to seeing you, Dave, and hope to see all the race fans at the races. All right, Joe Scott Nicky from the Race of Champions Modified Series again. Friday night, the Spencer Speedway uh, in Williamson, New York, just outside of Rochester on Route 104. And then the big one, Saturday, the Holland Hills uh, 100 at the Holland Speedway. Uh, more information, uh, rocmodifiedseries.com. Uh, just a jam, jam-packed week here. I mean, uh, hopefully you, you, no excuse to uh, not see some local racing this week uh, from Thursday through Sunday next week, and you got lots of great options. Hopefully you get to check some out. And we'll talk to you next Sunday. We'll, uh, we'll recap some of those big races, and we'll even look forward to uh, the World of Outlaws show next Sunday on uh, next week's show. So uh, we'll talk to you then here on WGR.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 